Good evening, Mr. Suffolk Ram. Skazius. Welcome to episode 211 of the Randers podcast. Is it 211? You ask this every time, and yes, it still is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take yeah. your word. So for I'll, it. I'll give you a little tip, Skaz. This is how I do it. This is how I work out. This is what I do, right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. I look at the last episode. Yeah. And I add one. One? Yes. It's starting to sound really complicated, Ram. Yeah. It's basically Ram Nerds plus plus. You know, you, int- you, int- you, you, you iterate it up one. I uh, mate, I don't know. Is there is there a script we can run so it does it for me? <laughs> just... Yeah, I can sort. I'll sort that for you. Yeah, I can Thanks, sort mate. that for you. Well, yeah, what we do, can, can we get it like put on a screen or some kind of thing in my house so that it just I can just glance at it and go, I've now kept track of time. Have you? We should yeah. get. You know how you used to go in doctor surgery? So used to little like dot matrix displays. Yeah, yeah. We should get one rigged up in your house that I have remote control to and send messages to. Yeah, do that. Yeah, we'll do that. I can't see where that could possibly go wrong. (laughs) I can just randomly message you. I'm like, huh, the voices are speaking to me again. Hang on, I'm getting messages. I'm getting messages. We get one of the beeps where the time your message comes through. That'd be hilarious. Seriously, mate, that just reminds me of one of the, look, you know the old old doctor's board with the light and then the name next to it? Yes. 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 Yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember those ones. Well, can um, we have like, so a tannoy have... system? <laughs> yes, we can. We can definitely have a tannoy system. Clean up our That's the thing. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. A public address system. Yes, one of those. Can't call it tannoy. That's a brand name. Oh bloody hell! Stupid brands. See, when they when 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 your when your brands take over the you know that mental part, you know your subconscious. That's the one. Um. You're fucked, really. Everything becomes a brand. But it's, that's not what it should be. That's not even a thing. It's like, yes, I know. I know. But that's the thing that's stuck in my head, so that's what it's going to be. It's a tortoise. Done. Tortoise? Okay, what's it explain? That's logo, isn't it? See, see, your head went to the same place mine did. <laughs> With the I remember guy, logo. The I remember we. I was, I remember having that at school and doing little programming stuff, and, then, and finding out many years later there's a robot you can have as well that we never had. We had that at my school. We had that at my middle school. No, we didn't get the robot. We just had the computer. Oh, mate, mate. Because you, you, you know, you're like moving the little triangle around the screen and all that kind oh, of stuff. We had a picture then... of a. We had a picture of a tortoise. On the screen, so you had a little maze, and the picture of the tortoise, you had to give it the commands, and it just it drove around the screen. You had a maze? Yeah, we had a little maze with to drive it around. I've never seen a maze. I just got a black, like a, a blank screen with a cursor in the middle of it. No, no, we had a little like picture of it. It was a little maze, and I, I never, it was like top down. Not when I say a maze, when I say a maze, it's basically like a, a square, a corridor in a shape that's square, you know, in the shape of a square. Or rectangle, but maybe a little S bend in there. But but Ram, that means that your lot were trusted to navigate things. My lot were just told, look, just just go. Clearly, you're never going to be smart enough to be able to figure out how to you make. You lot thing were trusted with a robot. Just, we weren't trusted with a robot. Oh mate, when I say we had a robot, occasionally the head of IT would go, "Here's a robot," <laughs> and then they they they'll, they'll dust it off. From the you know the the few inches of dust that were caked on the top, they'd have to get the knife to cut the dust off of it, <laughs> and then pop it on the floor and go move that for the next five minutes, and then that was it. 
That was the extent I of can, comp sci class, by the time I got to school. That, that's it. That one class, that's your, that's your five minutes of robot time this year. Yeah, mate, they ain't got budget you, for anything else. Batteries yeah. were expensive, mate. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say that's how long the AA battery lasted for, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. Like, they turned it on, they look quickly, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you didn't see is the way down the IT guy those batteries and he's rubbing them in his hands get a bit more power in them. yeah so it's like you're thinking to yourself mate seriously are you telling me that we've you've been budgeted one pack of of D batteries all year all no, year no, no, knowing the British school system budgeting system probably <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. I agree I agree <laughs> What do you mean that each member of uh, each 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 uh, student can only have no pencils? What do you mean they have to bring in their own pencils and we can't provide? Yeah, them so I say no pencils. We have negative pencils. We had to bring ours in. Yeah, it's like, here you go, <laughs> negative pencils. Fix this. But mate, yeah. I don't want to bring in my own pencils. It's like, well, then you're not going to do any schoolwork. Yeah, <sighs> mate, I don't think. We apart from that computer for the logo, which we borrowed, that wasn't a class computer. That was a computer we borrowed just to do the logo thing on it. I don't think we had any other computers you know, in our school, really. Really? I'm trying to remember if we Mate, had I any. We school, did... I went to the I went to the scumbag schools, and we still had computers. Well, we had no there's we had no computer lab or anything like that at all. That's for definite. We did in my middle school. Well, you got to remember, I, I remember I left in year five. No, yeah, yeah. No, uh, so that would so, have been middle school. I left first year middle school. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was gonna say, uh, Fen Park Primary had like computers. Like I remember, mate. I can remember the song and dance. Year two. Year two. One of my teachers, I think her name was Miss Tava, was well excited, properly excited. Bless her. Um, we had a computer. In the side, at uh, the side of the classroom, middle side of the classroom, and um, she got she gathered us all around, sat us there, and we got to draw a picture and you know, color it in and and all that kind of stuff. She was really excited. We might have even got to print it out on the little, like, I guess it was a dot matrix printer or whatever, and it'd take like ten years to print. Um, and at that point. I guess the school knew if you're going to have any computer skills, if you could draw a picture and use the fill tool and and it not bleed through the, yeah. If you knew how to use the fill tool, comp sci student. Middle school, huh. we were still rocking these old um, like RM Nimbus computers. I mean, like proper old stuff. So you had like they had like little games on them, like barrels and stuff. Um, oh yeah, that was uh, that was neat. I don't actually know how old those computers, how old those computers were, um, but they were pretty feckin' old. And it weren't until probably year seven of Kirkley Middle. Um, so year six, they had an entire like there was a, a like a big room, and off that big room, you'd have more smaller rooms, which are your classrooms. The big room, all around the outside of it, had computers. And then in year seven, there was actually a dedicated computer room with newer computers in it. But they still had the, the little machine that ran logos on it. And we still bought out the old five and or whatever 
you know, you can actually floppy the disc floppy. <laughs> oh, yeah, five and a quarter inch disc. Yeah, yeah. That's, it, that's it. The ones where if you looked at it funny, that was it, it was gone. Them of the days. Them mm. of the days. Great technology. And then... Uh, I yeah. I showed somebody one, I showed somebody a three and a half inch floppy disk once and they said, it looks just like the save icon. <laughs> Mate, you've 3D printed <laughs> the save icon. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. You're damn right I have. This is yeah. top technology, mate. <laughs> All the time I had someone at work, I was showing him a floppy disk, and he said, oh, yeah, I've seen these in the, in the, in the history books we've got. It's like, oh, fuck. And Ram's like, <laughs> oh, no, nah, mate. I'm going to be considered a dinosaur. Oh, it was, because when I went to college, we had we got told to buy a pack of floppy disks to take with us to yeah. use. Yeah, I remember. Look, how many times did you have that kind of... That sinking feeling is you'd go to put the disc in to either save or load up your last session. Like, so you'd save over the current session, failed. Load up the previous session, failed. And you're like, oh, no. Have that? I I never really had that. I was that really had that issue. Um, I had issues with space on the disc sometimes. Um. I will say, but I was, I, I mean, I was organised. I had, a, I had a different, I had a floppy disk for every different class. Oh, mate, for every different class. Yeah. Different class. Yeah, you know the different, like, or like, the different subcourses they had in the whatever you want to call it. Sure, sure. That still doesn't protect you from a disk failure, though. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it oh, just... it doesn't. It doesn't at all. Oh no, the the way. But I, I, but I. At least if I lost, I would only lose one class's worth of, of failure if it went. Oh yeah, but that's bad enough. Oh yeah, it's bad enough. Because then you have to look at the look at the uh, look at the sheet they give you and go, shit. What do I need to do to get a pass? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it would always fail on like the last couple days. Oh uh, yeah. Actually, I'll tell you one of the worst for me. Last off college. Right, last of college, wonderful fucking place, right? I remember there was two cases, right? One, there was a bug with my user space where I didn't have any, so I couldn't save anything. And the IT department weren't particularly bothered by it, so I couldn't save anything, couldn't open anything, was just... No. Oh, you, you got to look at the pretty box, basically. Yeah. And then there was a, there was another time, I'm trying to remember exactly what the problem was, but like basically if I tried to open any application, well, I mean, it didn't matter what computer I tried to log on to, it was almost like I was trying to run it, run the application remote connection on, uh, I don't know, 56K, from last off college to Baghdad. Yeah. I was like, oh hey, let's uh let's let's try and open up this thing. I think I'm gonna go and grab myself a uh, a Coke. Yeah, I'm gonna go have my break now. Yeah, I'll just go <laughs> and have a beer and I'll be back in a minute. I'll ah. I'll come back tomorrow and it'll be loaded. <laughs> Mate, and here's the well, trick, like sometimes it didn't. Now that, that was another one. Trying to type on Word would fail. I couldn't save anything from Microsoft Word. No idea why. Just Word would not work. And so for an entire, like, 
I don't know, I can't remember how long it took for him to fix it. I had to type my, my assignments in notepad. <laughs> because it was the only thing they had where I could type and save. Long before the days of Google Docs, kids. <laughs> Back before yeah. the cloud was just a well, server good. somewhere. <laughs> yep. Um, were you there the day they decided to upgrade one of the hard drives and basically shut down everybody's ability to save anything? Oh, wow. So, well, we're we'll going to the end of the, day, end of the session. Um, we'll be doing work for the last couple of hours and so forth. We all start saving. Also, every time we try to save, it just hangs, and then it says, cannot access drive. Oh. And, so on, and everybody's had the same issue, thinking, what? what's going on here? Network issue or so forth? And eventually, they get through some IT. Oh, no, they decide they're going to upgrade one of the hard drives, and they do so disconnect the whole net, the, like, the data server from the network. Didn't tell anybody. Yeah, I was going to say, that's nice of a minute. Yeah, didn't tell anybody that, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to be upgrading this, and you will not be able to save anything. IT department. There are comp, well, there weren't comp sci students at the time, but there are there are students on the computers. They're the the only reason they are there are for these computers. They need to know. <laughs> yeah. Oh bless. Yeah. Good I, times. I I remember the day they actually made me an admin. That was quite fun. Oh mate. I got my computer and also and all of a sudden, so like, I've got access to everybody's files. Why can't I see everybody's files? Why can't I see every every CD-ROM drive in the entire college? Did you Why have access to could... just right-click and eject every single drive? Yes, I did. Oh, mate. <laughs> mate. I, I literally just controlled that. Right-click, eject, and just across the room. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was the... going to say, you missed a trick if you didn't. <laughs> yeah. I was on the thing across the entire college, every CD-ROM drive. I, mean, I don't know if I had like, the entire network, but I just, I don't, you just sat there going, fucking absolute power. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. damn, you've got access to the CD drives. Chill out, son. <laughs> I have the ability to disrupt the one person who's got a CD playing in the background. Oh, mate. <laughs> I can cause mild annoyance. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. They fixed that fairly quickly. And and now you know now you know how we ended up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. And that's why we're not uh, that's why we're not famous. I'm surprised we haven't been arrested, to be honest with you. Yeah, well we've not really done anything bad, have we? Oh, I don't know. Shh. <laughs> no, don't say a word don't say a word but yeah well <laughs> oh yeah. mate good times oh mate oh good, good times good times good times um i will take this opportunity just right now i think about it. i should apologize for the quality of my audio i'm in a barn is that a problem well not quite i'm missing a barn I say a barn. I'm in. I'm in the farmhouse in the living room next to a wood burner. But you know, you, so what you're doing is you're just uh, you're preloading excuses. Yeah, you're I sat am, there yeah. with your feet up in a nice, comfy wingback chair. Oh no! Cigar, was, oh no, no! 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 I'm sat here on all on you know, in cross-legged on the wooden floor. With a, it's huddling near the wood burner, which I'm having to let go out because it takes about two hours to go, and I won't go to sleep with the wood burner running just in case it sits fire to the chimney. 
Oh dear. So it's gradually getting colder and colder in here. The little fan that's run via convection is gradually getting slower. See when you uh, when you when you said you were sat there cross legged, I'm imagining you sat there like a you know like a guru. Oh, I am. <laughs> Ma- imagine imagine uh, Buddha, but he's wearing a dressing gown, and that's all like the that's all the and thermals, and that gives you an idea of what I look like right now. So what you're saying is uh, you're talking about Buddha in a rather chilly environment. Yes. Buddha, if Buddha was hanging out in the UK, but isn't Buddha from a fairly chilly place? Not as chilly as the bloody to... UK. We used to live in the mountains, didn't he? Wasn't it Mate. snowy up there? I don't know anything about. I don't really know anything about Buddhism. To be yeah, honest. in fairness, yes, it's it's cold, it's cold. Yeah. But this now, is the UK. There is nowhere colder and more miserable <laughs> than the Buddha. UK. Is he a deity or dude? I don't know. Was he an actual person or was he just was he an actual, was he a deity? Oh mate, I ain't saying a word just in case I get this wrong. I don't think you should say. It I either. thought he was an actual person. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I would Google by down wrist the sword. Yeah, don't, touch don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. We have literally <laughs> got this dial-up connection running just so. Don't. Bandwidth is yeah. not our friend right now. No, it's definitely not. Our question, how's your signal, Ram? Because this is how we're all going to be living in the future. Ah, uh, signal's pretty good round here, actually. You can piss right off. I'm, the, I'm like right on the side of town. Yeah, I, I know. I can barely You're get ha- signal to save my life. I, it, it amazes me how poor the signal is at your property. Every time I go there, I thought, why have I lost 4G all of a sudden? I'm in, I'm in the middle of sticks and I get 4G connection. Isn't it beautiful? And a beautiful, you're thinking to yourself, hang on, is this like some kind of murder house or something? Is this where people go to like... <laughs> <laughs> you can't and get what... a signal in my house, yet somehow... When someone really wants to get on my tits, or I want peace and quiet, that's the one second my phone goes, oh, mate, signal. Ring, 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 get in the bin. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, Just well, you yeah, know. We're all going to be on data connections rather than actual connections, so. Maybe. Maybe. I think there'll be physical connections for... Well, if, if physical connections disappear any time in the future, i tell you what, City Fibre are going to be pissed off. Oh, mate, it's, it's largely going to be City Fibre that's going to be the fucking cause of it, the bastards. <laughs> so it can't do the what? fucking job to save their lives. Well, they put all ours in. It's quite good. <sighs> are you telling me you're on fibre? You're on proper fibre? We're waiting for the ISP to take an ISP to take it on board. They reckon March this year we should be on it. We should be able to get on it. Is that the um is that the voter connection? I don't know. I was gonna say I don't think BT are on their own yet. Um I when I looked at um who did I look at? Oh, what was it going to be called? Because when they tied up to start digging the road, I had to put the fibre connections in. I looked up to see, um, and I found out one ISP who were basically saying you should be online by March. We should be able to offer you like you know a hundred gig connection by March. Yeah. Because um, because we've brought a little box in, you can see the little holes in the road, where all the little cables are in. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they've they've done a really course. bad job around town. Really bad job yeah. around town. It's not the neatest of jobs. 
but they were but they, they've had to do an awful lot in a very short space of time and they they were like it was like you know when you see like those those video time lapses of like of like ants devouring a rat yeah that's dead it was like that they just like hundreds of them turn up and it's just sort of like move through your street in a matter of days it's just done it's, it's quite remarkable no 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 they've done a really bad job haste makes waste no, oh, oh yeah i would say it's the neatest job as mate some people right they pay for the connection they ain't getting it they're on dial-up when it rains which is weird because it's fiber so where have they fucked up well, City Fiber, so City Fiber don't. So here's how how it works. City Fiber themselves don't just run. Install. They install it, yes, and then it's down to. So they basically put the the capability in. It's then down to for ISPs to then take it to basically a bit like a bit like how BT put all the phone lines that other people use them. Obviously, it's not how it started originally, but. Yeah, it's yeah. all the equivalent thing. So City Fiber just install the cable stuff. They don't actually do anything about running the network per se. They just put the capability there. So you can be stuck. So cause I was, when I was like reading to see how long it would come for online and sort of generally some so it depends basically how many people request it. Um then depends if an ISP then puts in like the other hardware required to do it. So um, in some people, some cases, after having City Fiber go through, they've been online within a couple of months. Some people have waited 18 months because it's not them, it's the ISPs. Oh, no, it's not, that that's that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying people have paid for a connection and it ain't working. Like, it's been oh. there and then it's gone. And then they've had to have engineers come out. Well, whenever they roll up these sort of things, it always happens, doesn't it? Hmm. So it's part and parcel of how how any rollout goes. Let's just say I'm not I'm not touching it yet. There's no need for it to be fair. Well, so much it costs. So, uh, well, they're saying it's going to cost about the same as a, a BT line, but yeah, I I'll, know, take, I, uh, I, I'll take reliability over uh, over speed at this point. Yeah, I uh, will see. We'll get there. What you been up to, Rem? Well, uh, what have you been doing on your Linux laptop in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> so I've been doing some Linux gaming, guys. Ooh, I I downloaded Steam. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I installed a game, then I went through the list because because it there seems to be not an easy way to filter your game. At least, at least not obvious. At least not the time I spent looking at an obvious way to filter your list by show me what I can run on Linux. Um really? There should be a little penguin icon you can click. Well, I went into the filters. Yeah. I was like, okay, I want uh something sort of like positive filter by and there's no option to filter by OS. Well that's a bit strange. Anyway, anyway, it doesn't matter. I found a game. So I've been playing Opus Magnum. How Which is, is by the same people. Was the same? Do you remember? Uh, it'd be about probably five, six years ago. I talked about a game called Space Chem. Mm. Um, it's basically the same people, and it's Space Chem was you have to assemble, basically make production lines to assemble atoms to make compounds, which you then like you know create. You then sort of send off and produce. You have to like make a machine that when it runs, it's all it's automated and does it all by itself. And 
cycles through and it's about well, making an efficient machine to do it. Yeah. Opus Magnum is basically, it's, for all intents and purposes, it's the exact same idea, except you're an alchemist. And you are, instead of working with atoms, you're working with, like, the fundamental elements of earth, air, water, and fire. And you're working with, like, base metals, and then you're transfogrifying them into higher-up metals and so forth. And it's it's sort of more sort of that sort of like truth. It's more saying a fantasy world oh, wow. where alchemy is a big thing, yeah. <laughs> um and you are basically you, you you the game works by you are presented with a hex grid this time. I think I think Space King was a um a, a square grid. And this grid's called the trans I think it's called the transmogrifier. And it's basically where you build your production lines. So you have a output space you place, and you can place to place your inputs. And again, I think in Space Chem, I'm not be sure. I think Space Chem the output position was fixed. I think that's all going to play it. So I might be wrong on that. This one you can place like the output, and the output will have a. It could be just a single, a single, like. Uh, it's called out, output reagent or something like that. So you have income reagents and output products, something like that. And it'll be like a, a shape that will be either a single like thing, like I just want fire or I just want salt. And or it might be like more complicated. So it might be like a a fire joined to two waters. Or, you know, like a salt, fire, fire, salt. And these can be configured not just as a straight line, but be configured in a S shape, they might be visited in like a right angle or different shapes. Basically, any sort of like sort of shape you can imagine on a hex grid is how they can be configured. And your job is to build them. So you have reagents or the entry points, and you get a limited number of these that you place on your grid. And so you may have say like um you may for you may have like sort of like uh say you want to combine salt and fire together, for example. You may have like that as an output, and then you'll just have a salt reagent entry point and a fire reentry entry point, and you place them in the grid, and then you have to move around. And you move around with like little robot arms. And these arms will basically where you position them and they will um they could be like you can set how long they are, so you can set if they're like for, like only like one grid space away or up to three grid spaces away. You have fixed arms, which, as they suggest, are fixed. They can't change their length, so they can rotate round, but they can't change their length. Mm-hmm. You have some piston arms that you can tell to go in and out and so forth, so they can change the distance away. Um, and also that also affects how far they can move in a given time because obviously when you've got something that's longer it, can, it travels further in like a rotation and so you, the arms will pick up things and they can like they might have to put them on like a joiner which is basically if there's two elements on either side of the joiner they'll get joined together and joiners can be like a, a pair or it can be one that has joins like sort of three together and more up to four items together so this is how you combine to make your bigger your bigger elements is you might have to use a series of joiners to sort of build them up in pieces. And you then also have, um, like, you know, some things that sort of like break joiners up. You can also have things that are, will actually like glyphs that basically will transform things. So it's like a glyph that will transform any of the base elements, um, air, fire, earth, water, and it'll turn into like sort of salt. It'll just break it down to salt as like its base element. 
Um, you've got ones that will like upgrade metal. So mm-hmm. if you fight it with Quicksilver and a base metal, it'll upgrade it like a step up on the chain. Um, so you can basically keep doing this eventually, you'll upgrade it from the start of it like lead and then gradually grow it up to like gradually up to the chain or way up to gold if you put enough sort of like stages into it. So in order to then manipulate your arms, you basically have like a timeline at the bottom of the screen and you can basically put prone codes. Every time you put an arm on the screen, you'll get another like track appear on the timeline. And you then have a series of commands and the track is split up into like cycles as it were like little frames of time and you could put a command in so you and the commands are very simple they are grab and drop mm. uh, rotate the arm either clockwise or counterclockwise and because it's hex based it's one sixth of a turn so basically 60 degrees um because obviously he- grid base um hex base you have six adjacent spaces you can also rotate the product in the arms handle instead so if the arm has rotate, obviously if the arm holds something sh- like straight out from it, as it rotates around, that object's going to rotate with it. And it might be pointed in the wrong direction, so you can rotate it round. And where it comes sort of like sort of like sort of the the idea is you're going to try and sort of arrange this timeline and your objects moving so they don't clash with each other. So arms can't move through other arms. Obviously, they hit each other. Likewise, elements can't move through other elements. They all smash into each other and stop moving, the, and the games crash. So it's all about sort of setting up these production lines, but also setting up timings for every part of the production line on this timeline so that they can actually um, rotate around and build up your elements. Um, and... The sort of base idea of the game is to try and create first a machine that works and builds what you want it to build, and also create something that is efficient. So after you complete every level, you'll get given a um, bar. It'll show you a bar graph. This bar graph will show um, basically uh, stats on how how many how many cycles it took to complete the whole output not, that's not just like one output so for example most most levels where you produce six copies of the same thing so your, your machine has to be repeatable as well you can't just do it once it has to repeat itself yeah so it has to be able to reset and there's some little commands and there's like one command that basically is drop whatever you've got and go and reset yourself back to your original position simple little command you can put in there which is handy you don't have to like put all the steps into it you also have loops if you need a command to repeat multiple times um so like in that example i gave transferring lead into um gold i had to, i basically had a command that moved lead into one position on that little upgrader and then i had a repeating loop of grabbing quicksilver moving it into the other place to upgrade the lead and once they got to gold it could then move it to the output position mm. um so you're putting these sort of timelines in so forth, and you're basically you're trying to create a create sufficient machine. At the end, you'll be present these graphs of how many cycles to complete to get all your outputs done, um, how much area you you used up, and how much you cost every item you put on. There's no monetary limits to what you spend to build these machines. Um, but you are at the end, the game will tell you how much it costs. And these bar graphs are basically representative of all the other players of the game so you can see are you below you'll see where you are like below average blah blah and so forth and you also get like a, it will show you where the like most common 
bar graph is. It's not always an even distribution. Sure. Um, you, you know, you can have like one that's all like skewed to the left or skewed to the right, um, and so forth. And generally speaking, I was hitting most of the time in the average, like the high. Well, not the average. The the high. Well, yeah, it would be the average. The highest point of the graph. I was generally hitting it um, because I was. I was doing presumably I'd come up with the same machine that everybody else had come up with. Sure. Or a slight variation on it. So that's all sort of like things. It's all coded to and you can also record your machine after every time you do it, you can basically get recorded as a GIF. Alright. And then you can like send your friend the GIF and they can see your machine operating and doing stuff and what have you if you want to. It is neat, yeah. So you can record a GIF. This is very much like how space can memory works as well. Um so it's a really neat little puzzle. It's all if you like sort of like I, I must I prefer the I've played quite a few of these games which are basically they're basically programming games really in that you're building little programs to run and achieve something but it's visualized sure but this has got the nicest way of I've seen of actually showing you how all your parts interact with most of these games you would set up your timings and stuff on the individual components. In this, you actually have this lovely time on the bottom, so you can see exactly where. And you can do things like you can actually step through it one mm. like frame at a time, so you can see how all the well, every step of the process goes along. So you can judge to where put where you want to exactly move your arm because you you want your arms to clash, but you want to sort of have them so that they move at the same time, so that you can have you perfect timing is. As one arm is then going, moving out of the way, the next arm's moving to grab it. So you can sort of see this. It's really neat. You can see, you can see it. It, it makes it a really easy interface to use to see. You can see where you're going to have problems. And sort of like, if you're, if you sort of like, are pay attention as you're doing it and pay attention to what you're doing, the first time you run your machine, it'll run, it'll run perfect because you can actually got these ways to sort of debug it as you go along and visually see how it's going along. And of course, it's basically set on like a series of they call it cycles, as uh, so every part moves on a, on a cycle rather than like specific times and so forth. Because they do it that way, it's very easy to make sure you're not going to have a crash and so forth and debug. You're not going to get situations where I've played games in the past where your timings has been like on seconds, but we have lots of machines, they all slightly drift off in time. Yeah, sure. So you can have situations where it works fine for half of it, and then all of a sudden everything drifts off slightly and it all goes crashing together. This doesn't do that because everything moves on a almost like a turn. It's probably a better way to think, but it's like a turn, like little for little turns. Um, so you know it's not going to have problems and you can spawn in advance and so forth. And there is a nice sort of thrill of sort of like, okay, how am I going to build this? And okay, okay, I'll I'll give you a situation you might have. You might have a situation where like you need to produce an out. Your output is going to be like uh, two salts, um, or sorry, two fires, and then on sort of each end of those is a salt. And the salts are sort of like, off centered by one, so it's almost like a uh, lightning bolt shape. Yeah, the two fires in the middle, but your only input you got is three fires, that's all you've got. So, you know, you're going to need to turn the fires into salt and you're going to need to make like pairs. So, I set a machine which basically would make up a pair of by using two fires, and I'd like this double arm. So, I'd like because one of the other arms you can get has like an arm on either end, so you have one that's got like a single arm. You can have one that's got an arm on either end, so they're opposed. You have a triple arm, and you can have a six-way arm, which is like the most you can possibly have because it's a hex base. And so I built this machine, which was like um, 
would make up this pairing by taking advantage of the fact they had two arms. So as like one arm sort of swung in and dropped the first part down, the other arm would be picking up the component it needs, and it then swing around the other way, which then transform that component. So in the case of transformation, you just simply got the, you don't have to like, you just simply have to pass over the glyph and it will just transform. Yeah. You have to like do anything with you have to stop and drop and so forth. And same when you get to a joiner, you don't have to when it as long as the two objects are adjacent to each other, they'll join. They don't have to be dropped. Obviously, if you have two arms moving into the joiner, they one of them will have to drop it because otherwise they can't carry on because they'll both try and take off with what they've got. Um, but you can sort of like sort of I put a system which basically made up. So I made this little system that made up pairs of these units, and I had another set of arms that basically would take these pairs and put them to either side of a joiner and join up the final components. So I'm I basically with like a couple of like three arms made this thing that could make this four way component. And that's neat when you do that. When you can do that, it's really neat. That makes it... You feel clever. Sure. Uh, you I, feel clever. Kind of it's this. It's, it's, one of those, it's one of those games... You, I can see why a lot of people are there who wouldn't like it. If you like so the idea of like finely tuning timing everything to make it work just right. Um, but it's, it's a lovely game to play with just a mouse or touchpad. You know, you don't need a... You can say, and, so, and there's no time, there's no like monetary requirements. You can just literally sit it in, stare at it for hours, it doesn't matter. You take your time, which is a nice, relaxing, perfect game to play on an afternoon when you've only got your laptop to hand. It's, it's been such a nice little thing. Um, it's quite long. Um, I actually, I sort of like, I got sort of through the sort of like first sort of like, it's like sort of eight stages. I sort of got to, the, and each stage is split into lots of sub stages where your character. Um, basically, gets he gets hired at different houses and stuff as he goes along. Uh, so I got through the sort of first section of the game, and I looked up well, how long this game is, and then when it's going to take to complete the game, it takes about twenty six hours. Hmm. So it's a decent length of time, decent size length of game. Um, well, yeah, I mean, considering the average game these days is sub eight. Yeah, exactly. So for this little puzzle game, well, it's a real, de- real fantastic life of game. It's it's something I think you can just pick at as well. I, I, it's this, these are sort of games I tend to like. Oh, I just I just want to do something, but I don't really want to have to engage the brain or the hands too much. I just want to like sort of have a lazy day. Just they say, just say, sit on the sofa, cup of coffee slash can of beer in one hand, laptop on the other with a touchpad. That's all you need. You'll be playing this game. Um, so that and. I love these sort of style of these sort. I do love these sort of like, say, programming s games, which is all about creating these little logical structures and strains and so forth. Mm. Um, so yeah, I have to say, I really, really enjoyed it. It is basically space chem, though. That's what I would say. Is it's, really it's not. It is actually, yeah. There is no. I mean, to be fair, there's only so many things you can do with this sort of kind of setup, but it does feel like it's just a, I say, a reskin of space chem. Um, but it was so long as this play space came, it's sort of like sort of it's, it was nice to do something similar again. Obviously, it looks a bit prettier as well. Sure. So, but yeah, neat game. I recommend it. It's one of those kind of pick your theme style deals, then I suppose. It is, yeah. I mean, any sort of like situation where you can be you're combining things together. I said space came is, is, is you're, you're combining atoms together. This you're combining elements together. But I'm sure you can have any other sort of like. 
setup where you could, like, you could make a game which you, you could change those elements for bits of a machine and you'd be doing the same sort of thing. Well, it just kind of makes me think of, like, I don't know, for example, if we were going to play, say, Vermintide or Darktide, there are some people who would prefer to play the more medieval-style game versus... Mm. Just for a, a, a you know a strictly aesthetic like a, a reason just based purely on aesthetics. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, if you're born to sci-fi, then you'll always buy the same game face and vice versa. Yeah. Oh, cool. So cool. No, very good game. What about you, Skies? You been up to anything? Um, I have been. Uh so I decided I was I've been going kind of trying to go through my backlog of late. And again, bloody house going to take you a while. Yeah, just a while. <laughs> I've I've hit one thousand. I think it says one thousand five hundred games, according to you know the little games counter on Steam. Your library lists a completely different number. Um, because my library says I've got one thousand seven hundred nine. If I go to my profile and then click uh, games, it says I've only got one thousand five hundred. So there you go. Um, I've got a few games to go through. <laughs> um, one game has crossed my path many a time, and I keep going, I want to play that. But then I'll just kind of I'll drift off to something else. And it's a game I've actually bought multiple times. Like I bought it on the Switch, so I'm like, I'll play it on the Switch. It'll be a nice game to just play on the couch kind of thing. Or... Um, because it's on the Switch, I can put it in my backpack, and if I need... if I have some downtime, I can just pull the game out and, and have a little go. It's just something quick, something simple, uh, uh, job the done. Never played it. And then it came out on Steam, and I was like, I will buy it on Steam. I will give that a go. Never happened. Steam Deck comes out, install it on the Steam Deck. It's one of the verified games on the Steam Deck. Never played it. And I was just like, you know what? Sod it. I'm actually going to give this game a... I'm going to give it a shot. It's a, a throwback to a time long gone, a genre that isn't very popular uh, anymore, which is kind of sad. The um, side scroll and beat em up. Oh, yeah. Kind of like uh, Streets of Rage and that. So I played, uh, yeah. I played Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the world again recently. And Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is very, very, very much inspired by the game that birthed the, the genre. And uh, the genre is, well, as I said, a side-scrolling brawler, and it was the initial one that I can think of. Once upon a time, there were games like Kung Fu. The side-scrolling brawler was just that. Like, imagine like a platforming game like Mario, but you would punch people. Right? So you had like Kung Fu. Have you ever played Kung Fu? No, no, I know, I know, but I don't know. I don't play, apart from one terrible one, I don't play any side scrolling beat em ups. Fair enough. Well, so once upon a time, it just used to be left, right, enemies would come at you, you punch them, they die, job done, right? And if they touch you, you lose health or you die straight away. No up, down, whatever. It was just left, right, punch, maybe a jump with a kick. That's it. And then, I'm not going to give it the, the Japanese name, because for the love of me, I can't remember what it is. It's like, um... <sighs> Niketsu Renegade Kunio-kun, or something like that. Um, but it's, it's the name we got was Renegade. Um, the bastardized, Americanized version um, of uh, Kunio-kun. 
But in in Kunio-kun, in Renegade, you could move up, down, left, right. You know, you had an eight-way movement. And instead of just punching someone once and them going down, you'd actually have to fight them. You'd swing at them like a like a madman. And it's it's, it's based in uh, the culture of like the that's the Yankee culture, which is a Japanese term for uh, juvenile delinquents. Uh, so if you've ever seen really? the character Space Dandy, which is a TV show that uh, Bard likes, it's a character that Bard likes. Um, a lot of these kids, like a lot of these Yankees, would kind of look like, um, like the character um, from Space Dandy. Or, I suppose you could imagine Jotaro Kujo from um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Anyway. Is, it, is it because I mean, because I've seen pictures of Space Dandy? Is it because it's all like, it's all like nineteen, sort of like fifty, sixty, sort of America, sort of like sleek hair and yeah, that yeah, sort of that thing. kind so, of. Group. That, that's why they call the Yankees, presumably. Yeah. yeah. And they've got, you know, they've got the big hair. They're like wearing their school uniform, the traditional school uniform. They just go out and kick the shit out of each other. They saw Happy Days sort esque vibes. Yeah, that kind of groove. That kind of groove. You know, they're they're in the car or they're on their bikes and they just go out and they, you know, fight roughhouse. They, they just cause trouble. They're just like punks. Well, punks before punk, really. You know, um, the Yankees. Um, it was a neat game. For the time, the idea that this this high school kid goes out and starts battering the fuck out of street thugs and and all that kind of stuff is is fun. And if anyone has seen the anime Yu Yu Hakusho, it's that kind of groove as well. Just these, you know, one school fights another school, fights another school, gets involved with some crime boss, kicks the shit out of them too. Good times. High school is dangerous lot. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, it 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 was it was amazing for the time. This is like in the in the eighties in the arcades. And then that would birth things like Streets of Rage, Final Fight, um, Scott Pilgrim in the end. But uh, the, the thing with uh, the thing with the Kunio, so Renegade became an entire series, the Kunio Kun series. Kunio Kun is the main character of the of the games, the main high school kid. He's had he's been in several games. Uh, he's had a TV show, all all sorts of stuff, but. I said that when we got the game, it was Americanized. Kunio Kun isn't Kunio Kun anymore because obviously the Americans don't like uh, anything remotely Japanese. Because I don't know, a kid in Texas is more likely to see a New York subway covered in graffiti than they would be to see a Japanese school kid and a Japanese classroom. I guess like, oh mate, that's a that's a kid and that's a classroom. I I can recognize that. And then the the American guy's like, no, we're going to have to change everything. So that's a uh, really skanky-ass train station or whatever with graffiti everywhere because that's more American, whatever. Um, the Kunio Kun series got broke down into individual games. So in the these are, these are from like the NES era. You'd eventually see shit tons of games that would come out from the Kunio Kun series. And you're like, oh, hey, look, here's a... Here's uh, River City Ransom, and that was a beat-em-up, the eight-way beat-em-up. It was a beat-em-up RPG, which is important, because that's where Scott Pilgrim kind of gets the beat-em-up RPG from. Beat enemies up, get money, go into shops, buy food and things to upgrade your character, get stronger, keep going, and so on. Then you're like, oh, hey, here's a, a football game. 
Interesting, but it's got the same the same characters from River City Ransom, and all it's, it's the same 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 style. Ah, same developer. They, that just must be that must be their style, their groove of of character design. Oh, hey, here's a, a dodgeball game. Um, oh, hey, same characters, same same developers, all you know, different names and stuff. It's like, huh? Okay, cool. That they've got a really neat style. What we in the West didn't realize, and you know, America and Europe, they're all the same character. They're in the same world. It's the same school, Niketsu High. But when it got Americanized, when it got localized, the Americans start changing things. And then if one team gets hold of one game and another team gets hold of another game, Kunio can become Dave. And then in the next game, Kunio can becomes, I don't know, Jeff. And it's like, they, they don't tie in at all. But it's a long-running series from the from the 80s inspired tons of stuff. Well, um, I said River City Ransom. That's the one that most people know. It's an eight-way beat-em-up on the NES. Uh, Kunio-kun goes out, leaves school, starts fighting people, get money, get items, level up, keep going, gets a boss... Win, job done. Punch as many people in the face as you can. Whip as many people as you can. Hit people with bins. Hit people with baseball bats. Stand and beat them up fair, right? Keep hitting enemies until they die. Job done. Not violent. We'll just pretend they're all knocked out like in Pokemon. We didn't just set fire to a mouse. It's fine. It's fine. Alright? It's fine. Uh... The series was rebooted by Way Forward. Kind of. It's never really died, but the, the next big one, they did a spin-off reboot called River City Girls. And in it, uh, two characters, um, Kyoko and Masako, uh, they were originally in a Super Nintendo Kunio-kun game that we never got. Good job, because we didn't fuck it up. Uh... They are Kunio and Ricky's girlfriends, two main characters from uh, the Kunio-kun series. Kunio and Ricky get kidnapped. It's up to the, the girlfriends to go and save them. And so you get a modern take of a Kunio-kun game, a River City Renegade-style game. Eight-way beat-em-up where you move around a map. Uh, the map is, you know, consists of uh, rooms. Uh, individual screens and you beat up enemies you can uh, get skills through leveling up so the more enemies you fight the more xp you get the higher the level you get the more money you get you can go into shops uh, buy items you can equip items to give yourself more stat boosts or, or buffs debuffs whatever so you might say i'm now i equipped this item i'm now stronger against female characters but i'm now weaker against cheeseburgers or something like that or you can buy go to a, a i don't know a coffee shop and you can buy yourself a drink and then instead of you can either eat it there and get some stat points and some of your health back, or you can carry it on your character, and then in the middle of a fight, if you need health, you can open up your inventory and uh, and consume it and get the benefit there. You've got the ability to punch the ever-loving shit out of people, and if they get stunned and beg for forgiveness, you can go up to them and recruit them 
and use them as like an assist attack, like say Marvel versus Capcom. You press a button, and this support character comes out, and they'll use a move, and you know they could stun enemies, big fly kick, suplex someone, whatever. Um, and that's group. They've got a health bar too. They get hit when you summon them. Eventually, they'll die. You can grab another one if you need to. Um, or they're on a cooldown timer as well, so you can't just spam them and, and have them do like an ultimate special finishery thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's. Um, I've just gone completely off the rails trying to explain a series that's been running since like 1987 through to now, where we've butchered it. Um, it's fantastic. Absolutely sounds fantastic. Like sounds like you've been enjoying it. So Mate, um, I have I have put in six hours today alone. So you say else they they've been Americanized and so forth. Is there is it is there has there any been any is there is it possible to get hold of like in this sort of area of the original versions or have you got just to like download the ROMs and stuff or are they all just um, so pretty that's localized? The, that's the interesting thing. So. Um, I, for the life of me, I can't think of, I can't remember why I decided to just go back to the Kunio Kun, uh, series, but I was like, cause I keep seeing River City Girls in my library. Um, I'm like, you know, River City, River City Ransom, you know, the Kunio Kun games, that's, that's kind of neat. How, what games are out there now? Because a few years ago, Way Forward, I think it was Way Forward and Arc System Works, spat out, um, Double Dragon. Have you ever heard of Double Dragon? Yeah, I've heard Double Dragon. Right. Isn't there one called Double Dragon Neon as well? Yes. So double. So so here's the trick. Double Dragon is made by the same people who make Kunio Kun, and it also takes place in the same universe as Kunio Kun. So a bunch of characters from Double Dragon turn up in River City Girls, and um, a few years ago, I say a few years ago, it was quite a while ago, um, Double Dragon Four was released it might be four or five and then as you say double dragon neo was released um that seemed to kind of be the return of the classic side scroll and beat em up you know and then we got streets of rage 4 came out um and 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 uh, other stuff like scott pilgrim and stuff like that they, they started coming out well the kunio kun games in japan have still they've been released Somewhat regularly, they've been, you know, Nintendo games, Super Nintendo games, uh, Game Boy Advance games, Nintendo DS games. Um, Arc System Works created a collection called the Double Dragon Kunio Kun Fighting Classics or something like that. And that is uh, the NES. The NES Famicom games, not the arcade games, but the, the NES and, and Famicom games from Double Dragon 1, 2, and 3, and like 13 different Kunio Kun games. Uh, so you've got, you know, River City Ransom, Crashing the Boys, which is a Kunio Kun game, but that wasn't when it came out in the West. Um, you know, Super Dodgeball, again, another Kunio Kun game that we, we changed. And then you've actually got the original uh, Japanese games. You've got um, River City Girls. River City Girls 2, and then I mentioned how the girls from River City Girls originally were in a, an, an unreleased, unlocalized, unwesternized uh, Super Nintendo game. That has been 
recently re-released and, and translated as uh, River City Girls Zero on Steam, but it is literally a Super Nintendo game running on PC, pretty much. Like, they've added in some extra kind of... Ins- Look, if you've ever seen one of these, like, bundle collections, like, here's the Street Fighter collection, or um, if you've ever seen, like, an NES classic or a, a Mega Drive classic, you'll turn it on, and it comes up with a menu where you can select a bunch of games, and it's all kind of prettied, and it'll have, like, a bit of text about the game or whatever. As you as you cycle through the menus, you can look at instruction manuals and, and, uh, and things like that. Um, an anthology, really. Um, they, they've they've released they've they've released a, a few of those, and the River City Girls Zero is basically that kind of thing, but it's just a game. So you have uh, the Super Nintendo game, Super Nintendo game in Japanese, Super Nintendo game in English, Super Nintendo game in modernized English. So it's uh, more akin to River City Girls than uh, the classic Kunio Kun stuff. So the language will be different. Um, and then you've got like, hey, here's some, here's the original um, instruction manual scanned in. Uh, here's some kind of concept art and that kind of thing. Um, here's maybe a, a sound test section and uh, and all that. Um, those are the ways you'd really play play these games. Annoyingly, the Kunio Kun collection is only available on Nintendo Switch and PlayStation Four. Yet, if you want to buy a lot of the other games, River City Girls, River City Girls Zero, River City Girls 2, um, you know, Double Dragon Neo, Double Dragon 4 or 5 or whatever it was, those are on Steam. But the Kunio Kun collection is only on Switch and PlayStation. Interesting. For reasons. Some sort of, well, 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 yeah, it seems a bit... If all the others have made it across, it does seem a bit weird, but then... What are how are we are we're not the we're not the I we're not publishers and developers we don't know these rims. They did say they were going to put it on PC. It was announced for Steam, and then it got put. The PC release got put on this random Japanese website. Now I imagine in Japan it's a big PC store. For everyone else, we're like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, because I would have really liked that collection on steam if i had to be honest it's the only reason i fired up my switch since splatoon 3 i was like oh hey there's a kunio collection on switch <sighs> well i wanted to play river city girls on my steam deck all right i'll play it on um i'll uh i'll, I'll play it on switch in fact i've been playing it on, on both <laughs> Fair enough. I'll start i'm playing it through twice this is a follow-on from that. It's all, it's all follow-on. How is the Steam Deck treating you at the moment? Are you still making good use of it? Oh, oh God, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. For, for sure, mate. Um, in fact, um, I would say it's probably one of my more reliable machines. And even though I have more powerful machines in this house, uh, I choose to use the Steam Deck more. Although I do use it mostly hooked up to my television set. Very rarely yeah, do fair. I run it as a handheld. Very rarely. Um, is, is it wasn't the same true your Switch though as well. Wasn't the same true your Switch though as well. You used to use oh, yeah, it mostly sure. hooked um, up. As yeah. as much as I as as rad as handheld gaming was when I was younger, 
Um, I haven't really been interested in handheld itself since maybe the 3DS. And the only reason I like the 3DS is because it had a, a, a sleep feature where you could just shut the lid and put it in your pocket and it would go. Um, the Steam yeah. Deck has that kind of feature too. But while the Steam Deck's pretty big, so you can't just slip it in your pocket. Um, and not all games will use that sleep re- resume feature. Um, yeah. So that's not really a thing I, I use. If valve said hey yo we're gonna come up with um you know the next steam machine um and it's a console like steam deck i i would buy that in a heartbeat like they're gonna like mm-hmm. let's say they come up with the steam pad 2 you know and the the steam machine and you plug it into your telly and you use the, your new steam pad with your dual sticks or whatever that would be fucking phenomenal i'd buy one i'd use that um great actually have you ever used big picture yes right big picture has now been updated to use the um, steam deck ui oh okay so if you've updated steam in the last week or so um if you hit <laughs> wait, big picture, I, wait, wait 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 steam updates itself every 10 minutes when you have a pc running yeah pretty much yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's like every time you go steam there's the update all right okay downloading ten thousand terabytes of updates all right then there you go, job done, job done. But what was that um, update doing? We've changed an icon. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, in, in this case, they've finally reworked Big Picture. Um, I, I wish Valve would do with the Steam OS, Steam OS three, what they did with Steam OS two, like release an image of it, and then let you just bung it onto any hardware you want. Um, I, I don't think they've actually done that yet. Other groups have done that, but it's a bit flaky. And realistically, it's only programmed to run on AMD GPUs. Um, yeah. But, but the, the hardware that's in the Steam Deck isn't really readily available yet at a decent price outside of the Steam Deck. Yeah. You know, so they'll have, oh, hey, here's an RDNA 2 grade um, AMD processor with GPU. But it's really fucking expensive, and it's only in this one obscure box that you have to get from China. Otherwise, you're using the old Vega stuff that runs like a fraction of the speed. It's not as efficient. You could, yeah, you could put Steam OS on that, but it'll run like shit. It'll get worse performance than the Steam Deck for more money than the Steam Deck. Um, but the, the honestly, um, Steam Deck is a fantastic piece of kit if you're into classic gaming. Steam Deck's a fantastic piece of kit. If you're into modern gaming, it's a fantastic piece of kit because a lot of games, if, say, for example, a game comes out like Elden Ring and there are problems with it, um, Valve are very quick to try and fix it. If they check it and go, that game runs on Steam Deck or can run on Steam Deck, Valve do everything they can to iron out any flaws. Like when uh, Elden Ring came out on PC... It ran like shite on nearly every permutation of hardware you could think of. But Valve were like, we've seen some issues here. We can fix that. So they fixed it. And it ran better on the Steam Deck than it did on some higher-end PCs. Startup-wise, at least. Frame rate-wise and resolution-wise, obviously, you had to lock it to 720p, 30fps, or whatever. But outside of that, um, it ran better than it did on high-end PCs, even at the same settings. Um, fantastic bit. If you want to play classic games, let's say there's a classic game you like, say for example, Max Payne. Max Payne doesn't run on modern AMD processors without being patched. 
hey, if you've got a Steam Deck, don't worry about it. Proton just runs it. So, good times. Well, um, I've, I'm, I'm sure I've asked this question before, but I've forgotten. Uh, Steam OS, is that totally bespoke? Was that based on an existing Linux? It's uh, Arch Linux. Arch Linux, yes, I have asked that question before. Yeah. Boy, I had. It's a skew so, of Arch so, Linux. So the answer is like, oh yeah, of course, yeah. It's, 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 um, it's using Arch Linux as Arch Linux as a base. It's a custom build of Arch, um, but it, it works great. Are you interested in one, perhaps? I'm definitely interested in one. Um, it won't be anytime soon, but I'm mm-hmm. definitely interested in one. They've now announced that you're going to be able to um, uh, a two terabyte version, and apparently you're going to be able to upgrade your hard drives to existing ones as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, a couple of companies have actually already released um, SSDs, but they're quite hard to, or they were quite hard to source because you need to buy a specific type of M2. Because if if it's too long, uh, the longer ones will fit, but you'll start to cover the um, the power management. There's a, a power management chip in it. If you cover it, it gets hot. <laughs> so the drive will get hot, and the chip will get hot, and then you I was going to say that's that's bad. That's that's bad time all round. By sounds, but yeah, heat heat is not a thing with computers. Like heat is the enemy. So, um, yeah, but there's there's loads of stuff happening with with um, with Steam Deck. I mean, I've got the 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 biggest model. I've got a terabyte um, terabyte card in there. There are people that, you know, Valve have now made it so you can just plug in external hard drives into your um, Steam Deck dock if you buy one or if you, like, buy one of them JSOX ones with the um, M2 slot in it. You can just format the drive with the Steam Deck and SteamOS will go, oh, hey, here's another drive. Do you want to use this as another library? And then we can hide games that aren't installed as you remove or add in hard drives. Um, yeah. So, so those dodgy um, um, Japanese, um, like, what sort of like picture book things, games, all the dodgy stuff, you can have those all hidden on a special drive all by themselves. Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> or just do what I do, have them installed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now, visual novels are the time that That's uh, the word I was looking for. for. Visual novels. Visual novels. Mm-hmm. And they're picture not all book. I got close. All with e- picture book is close. Picture book is sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not all e-rated they're not all e-rated um but no you can uh, ram mate honestly for what you're doing out in bumfuck middle of nowhere you could have literally made this call on the steam deck yeah um you could have li- you could have just pulled it out of a bag or pulled it out of a case and rather than having to take take a laptop with you you could have just used the steam deck you could just installed your games played away and job the done yeah, I'd say Steam Deck is... microphone and plug it in. Yeah, like I say, Steam Deck's definitely in the is is there's plans for the future for the Steam Deck, but um, not right now. I absolutely love it. I mean, I started uh, installing like RetroArch on there, um, and a PSP emulator on there, a PS2 emulator on there, um, cleared up a bit of space on my SD card. I didn't, I didn't do the normal. Uh, there's a um, an emulation package you can install on S called Emudeck. I didn't install uh, that. I just installed individual emulators because they're all on the um, Steam store. Uh, if you wanted to run some other stuff, you'd probably need Emudeck unless you wanted to compile stuff yourself. Like you could run GameCube and all that kind of stuff on there as well. Or Switch if you really wanted to. Um, if, you, if you wanted to have just that one games machine to rule them all, if, um, if it runs on Proton... 
you're good to go. If it runs on Linux, you're good to go. And that could be pretty much every classic game gone you know, from Switch all the way back to the Atari and any compatible PC game, you're, you're pretty much good to go with one machine. And you can just carry that in a backpack. You know? Um, absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I'm glad it's all getting the drama out of, it, out of it. I know Middlemeyer is enjoying his Steam Deck. I'm, um, I'm glad to hear it, to be honest with you, considering you know this is uh, our uh, Middlemeister's kind of first big dip in uh, in PC gaming. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he wants he wants to, he wants he's asked me to he wants to, he wants to speak to you about setting up his getting all the animation stuff set up on it. Sure. Well, I mean, like I say, if if he were to just look up Emudeck, it's just as simple as going to a website and and clicking a link, and you can install a, a like all of it. It would just run you through a script to to install um, most everything, um, or you could do what I did and just installed individual um, emulators. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's for him. Well, let's put it this way: the fact that Middlemeister likes it so much should you know that is a a big thumbs up to Valve that they have done a fantastic job that someone that doesn't use PCs has picked up doesn't a Steam Deck a and they have they've yeah, dived yeah, into he, Steam he, and they're having a great old time. Yeah. He's a, he's yeah, he's a that top his guys a Chromebook. Yeah. You know, um there are kids at uh, my son's school, my eldest son's school, they've got Steam Decks and they're like, Yeah, it's fucking great. It's amazing. I mean, you know, you can play these are kids. And they're on Linux. They have no idea. They just download a game off the store, and chances are it plays, and it's fantastic. Um, I was doing, you know, the old um, uh, Steam in-home sharing thing, or the the local co-op thing they have. Have you seen? Have you seen the thing? I can't remember what Steam called it. Or Valve. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Where you I can, know of it? Yeah, I've never, you can I've never stream tried it, but... a game to somebody else, and they can play player two. Um, we did that off the Steam Deck today. So I was the host on the Steam Deck. Bloody hell. And my mate Divine was playing two-player River City Girls with me. You know, um, did it work great? Not really. Did it work? Yeah. Um, the game was fine on my end, not so much on his end, but... Um, yeah, that's gonna be this. That's gonna be very dependent on optimization, internet yeah. connection, um, whether or not I was hardwired. Because he was right. So here's the trick: uh, I then got him a copy of River City Girls, and uh, he then hosted a session and sent it to me. So then he was playing through his own save. Um, he was wired in, and I was on Wi-Fi. Now, as soon as I had a connection hiccup, which you often will on Wi-Fi, because Wi-Fi is not really stable. Um, as soon as you have one of those hiccups, the the net code didn't really recover properly, so all of a sudden your frame rate would drop, and it would stay that way. Um, but and that's him being hardwired on an actual somewhat powerful machine. So it wasn't the Steam Deck's fault that it was broken. But um, yeah, oh man, just amazing fucking stuff, amazing fun, great time we live in. If you if you're into um. If you're into gaming of any kind, uh, really, you only want you only want to play with your your Switch. We said years ago, didn't we? You want to have a PC and a Switch. That was the yes. group back in the day. PC and a Switch. These days, a Steam Deck and a Switch, or just a Steam Deck. 
Yeah. Um, Valve have done a fantastic job with that hardware. Like I say, I've only, t- I've only fired up my Switch recently so I could buy that Kunio Kun collection. Mm. The only reason I picked up my Switch. There's nothing else on Switch I want to play. Everything else I can play on Steam Deck. Oh, well, I'm really glad you're enjoying it. Kunio Kun's a great series. Just saying. Even <laughs> though I really fucking... Trying to condense that entire series down in a way that people would understand it is... Mm. You'd need an entire no. like hour-long video essay to do that. <laughs> now we just need to wait for Kunio Kun to release itself on Steam. You'll buy it for another, another time. I, mate, I will. I will. If not, then... I mean, I've got a lot of the ROM files. I've, cause I've dumped... A load of stuff over the years. I have a bunch of the Kunio Kun games, uh, so I could just play them on Steam Deck that way. But I wanted to give some cash to um, the companies who had made the collections. I like those collections when they're done right, even if they are just NES games repackaged, um, because it's it's nice to have a collection of games in the modern era that you can just pick up and play you don't have to download a rom download an emulator go onto like a funky website or whatever or dump in your own cartridges if you want to do it that way um run the software you just here's a game series you like hit the button and go you know you've not got some nine-year-old kid going i want to play that game i played with my dad and then they have to go and find that thing you know, or oh, I want to play that old game that I played with my mum and my nan, and they have to go onto the internet and try and, and find it. A nice, easy to download, easy to find package. You know, you should reward uh, developers for that. Yes, you know, I um, agree. Uh, uh, archiving gaming history. You know, properly preserving it in a nice, easily digestible package. I wish more games did it. Uh, Konami were doing it with um, Castlevania. Capcom did it with Mega Man and Street Fighter. SNK have done it with Samurai Showdown. Um, they're great things to do when they're done right. I think um, Sega did it with the Mega Drive and Genesis collection. Uh, Nintendo had a little spit at it with the NES Classics. Little things like I like that. Is it just you know? Is it just ROMs repackaged with a fancy wrapper? Yeah. Does that matter? No. <laughs> Exactly. Just um, yeah, I I I do think these companies deserve a bit of cash. So, uh, if they do release the Kunio Kun collection on PC, I will buy it again. Just as a you know, thank you for for actually spending the time and showing this uh, spending the time and showing this this series some respect. Packaging it, putting in, you know some little touches, some little flares, you know, uh, some nice little kind of graphical tweaks, some nice interfaces like scans of the instruction manuals and things thank you for doing those little things here's some cash yeah anyway move you guys fucking great so Nate way beat them up you can buy it really cheap when it's on sale it is worth full price the soundtrack is a fucking belter the pixel art is fantastic um and uh, as I say, if you've, if you've got a Switch or a PlayStation, you can play it on, on those, like Switch, PlayStation. I don't know if it's on Xbox. Um, there's three games in the series for River City Girls. And if you want to see where it all came from, you can get the Kunio Kun collection on PlayStation or 
Switch. Although sadly, the, the Kunio-kun collection doesn't have the arcade titles. It only has the NES ones. But, you know, take what you can get. I'm everything in life. Hmm. Anyway, that's it. Right. That's it. Okay, well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode with us today. Um, if you have, you can obviously follow us on YouTube and Twitch. You can also check our website, randers.co.uk. And you can come see us on our next podcast on the 25th of February at half past nine. And normal service will be resumed because I'll be back in the, in the warm. Um, so, Feral you can also come join us on our games night, which is on uh, Wednesday again, isn't it, I believe? Mm-hmm. Um, this Wednesday, uh, which will be at half past eight on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Suffolkram. And twitch.tv forward slash Skazius, S-K-4-Z-Z-I-0-U-S. And that'll be on this Wednesday. So, thank you for watching, everybody, and we'll see you then. Take it easy, guys. Bye.